Welcome back to AFMA 360. I'm your host, Chris Duchamp. We're continuing with staff interviews, and today with me, I have firefighter Trevor Cole. How you doing, Trevor? Good, Chief. How you doing? Good, man. So we're going to get into why I wanted to grab you today and uh, talk, but uh, staff interviews, just to get to know a little bit about you, you know, with the merger going on, we have about 300 folks uh, total within the organization, 250 in the, uh, 250 in the field. So the opportunity here with the podcast is just so we can get to know a little bit about each other before we actually, you know, meet in person, because that's probably going to take a few years for that to happen. All right. Sounds good. Okay. So let's uh, just start out. What was your childhood like and where did you grow up? Uh, Childhood. I grew up in Gilbert, Arizona, uh, not too far here from Sun Lakes. Um, I grew up in a family that was mostly centered around sports. Uh, I have two brothers, one younger, one older, and then I have a sister who is the oldest of the family, kind of gets uh, looked by because of my two brothers. Um, grew up, my dad was always kind of coaching us, and he instilled a lot of good characteristics within us, and uh, we kind of went through that growing up. Um, but, yeah, played football all the way up through college, and uh, that's about it. Ate a lot of food, lifted a lot of weights, just kind of maintained and hung out, tried to stay out of trouble. Wait a minute. So you, you played college football? Was that somewhere <laughs> here locally that I might have heard about previously? <laughs> yeah, Chief. I uh, played college at Arizona State from 2009 to 2011. Very cool. Three seasons, yes, sir. Okay, so what was that like, man? So trying to balance being a student athlete with uh, being, you know, obviously that that program is nationally known, very competitive. Uh, what was that like for you? Um, yeah, so my road was a little different than most people that go through that route. Um, I first attended a community college for one semester at Mesa and then decided to walk on Arizona state, um, and combining academics with athletics and then still having to pay my way through school for the first year was definitely something that was super tough. And it looked like, uh, about two hours of sleep every day. Wow. And, uh, that's because I was a pretty motivated individual where, you know, you know, something happens when you're young where you don't need sleep anymore or at all. And then all of a sudden, every year you get older, you need more and more sleep. I'm speaking like I'm 80 years old, but I was going to say, hold on a minute, bro. Like, like, like I'll be 52 in April. I feel everything you're talking about. I think there's a little bit of an age still got a, lot, in you. a lot of sleep to go. Um, but I would work out, um, early in the morning. And when I got home late at night, I didn't feel like I was physically there yet. Um, and then having to do homework and having to work on top of that, it was pretty tough. Uh, I did get it on scholarship a year later, and it smoothed out a lot. So I could drop having to work and pay my own way and stuff like that. Um, but still, it it gave me a lot of skills on time management. And a lot of that, they help you, they schedule you, and you know, you're doing your class this time, and then you're going to work out this time, you're eating lunch this time, you know, for the most part. But um, it still is just a busy busy you don't realize how busy you are till you leave it right and, so and i know just like a d1 school the the workouts alone especially with football and then trying to go to school so for that first year you were working a job and going to, because you were a walk-on mm-hmm. and going to school and then doing your your two a days or whatever else was going on yeah that's correct chief wow that, that's crazy that, that's i mean that's a lot it was a it was something else let me tell you and you know what uh living it i didn't realize it It's not until I grew up now where I'm chasing my one-year-old around every day, but it's still less busy than I was. And 
you know, when you're living it, you just, you don't know. Yeah. Well, and it's a different type of busy, right? I think I saw you when your one year old was still, uh, even smaller at the, at the bowling charity event yeah. and, and that, it, you know, so I'll tell you, I have an older kids now, like you're the same amount of busy. What you're busy doing though is just a little bit different, right? You go from chasing a one year old or an, and the, and the toddler, you know, baby changing them, feeding them, all of that. Then chasing around a toddler to them when they start getting involved in sports, driving them everywhere for sports, and then yeah. you know eventually they can drive, and then life's life's kind of good again. But yeah, I think you always stay that constant state of busy. It's just tweaked a little bit and and how what you're doing at the time. Yeah, so I got good practice with that. So, sounds like it, man. Sounds <laughs> like sounds like you got about ten years worth of experience in that that first year that you were going to college. Yeah, it feels like it. Oh, very cool. Or actually, your second year because of community college, but still your first year at ASU. Yeah, yeah. Great. So you get done um, playing football uh, and, and at school. Was there the opportunity you think to go pro, or, or had you realized that that, that wasn't going to happen? Um, I think everybody that plays at Division One level is there, and they think that they're going to go to the NFL. Um, when I was in high school, one percent of athletes went on to play college football, and when I was in college, one percent of college athletes went on to the NFL. So everybody thinks they're going to be in that one percent. Um, I wasn't any different. I really thought I was going to move on. I was going to use it route of long snapping, which I, I grew up doing and I never had to do it. You know, I was always an all around athlete, so I could snap, but I, on my teams, I always had to punt. So I never really snapped in a game. But I was going to a coach who uh, has multiple guys in the NFL, and he was very confident I'd make it. Um, unfortunately, I did go through a shoulder injury my senior year of college, and, um, it kind of just turned me off of the sport a little bit, just enduring the pain and having to go through. And, and yeah, you're not quite as nurtured as you would think you'd want to be. You're just kind of, um, this isn't to talk negatively about the program or anything, but you're kind of a piece of meat. So that kind of turned me off to the sport where I just didn't want to play anymore. But um, I definitely still had like a drive and passion to keep playing something. Very cool. So, um, you get done with college then, you realize you're not going to go pro. What what led you to becoming a firefighter, or did you try doing something before that, or how did that all work for you? Um, I've always wanted to be a firefighter. I think even though I didn't want to play football, I still wanted to be part of the sport. Um, I wanted to help people in the sport, so I went in the route of coaching for a little bit where I coached uh, high school athletes and junior high athletes, and then Eventually, I had my own business where I was individually coaching, like, speed and agility. Um, and that went really well for me. Um, it just came to a point where uh, I met my wife, and we weren't married yet, but I knew, like, I needed to support a family. And um, I just went back to my old dream of being a firefighter and got buckled down to get here. Very cool. And, and you may work with some other family members that happen to also have the same last name, right? <laughs> yeah, Brent was definitely uh, a, a good little inspiration with all that, just seeing how he was able to be home with his kids and how he was always happy, never complained about his job. So it definitely made it easy on me. Okay, so did it become also a competition? Like it took him so long to get hired, and then you were going to do it quicker, or were you guys just were, were you guys okay <laughs> no, with that? No, it took Brent a while. Um, which I didn't really know the process when he was going through, so I didn't understand it. But after going through the process, because I was testing for about a year and a half, and it was it was draining, and he was testing for about five years. So I, I earned a lot of he earned a lot of respect within me, 
doing that. But um, as soon as I started testing, his thing was, I'm going to help you. We're going to get on faster. So it was never really a competition. Just Very brotherly cool. love. Okay. No, so that that's awesome though, right? Because it, it could have been just the opposite way, right? Like it, it could have been a whole whole thing between you guys. Yeah, we're uh, we're really close. We're each about four years apart, but we're not close enough to be so competitive. So we're, we're more of a loving kind. Very cool. Very cool. Well, then that's good because you guys are both really big guys, and I think I, I mentioned to you, you scare me a little bit when I when I see you. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, I get that. Not because you're not intimidating. Purposefully, or you guys are just big dudes, right? Yeah, so. you know, it's funny is the scarier you look, the more people come up to you and say hi. Really? Random people, yeah, grocery stores. My wife gets a kick out of it. We are in the airplane on the way home the other day, and I was talked to several times about how big I am. So there's that. Okay, so so <laughs> you mentioned being on the plane, flying home the other day. Uh, <laughs> kind of a, a pretty, pretty big deal. I, I know you're a super humble man, and... I grabbed you. You're on shift today, but I wanted to interview you for the podcast because of this. But you, you just won some competition. Hey, uh, yeah, Chief. Sorry, I'm still kind of fresh on everything, so it's a good time to catch me. Um, since about mid October, I found out about a competition held at the uh, the Arnold Classic Expo over in Columbus, and it was uh, titled "World's Strongest Firefighter." Okay, so hold on, just just a second there. Um, the Arnold Classic, as in Arnold Schwarzenegger, bodybuilding, national, but also like world type event. Correct. This is world type. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is the Arnold. Um, this is my first competition I've ever done. <laughs> Not ideal, but I go for it. <clears throat> um, so I started training for that. Um, just and, and just once again, man, just let me because I know you're a super super humble guy. But I think there's some significance here in this. <laughs> you found out in October, as in next month, that will have been six months ago that you found out about it. Yes. Okay. So you, you found out under a year and started training for a worldwide event. Yeah. So I looked at the the events that they did in uh, 2022, and I, I just thought I could compete at what the championship guy won at. Um so, yeah, I decided to start training for it. I got a strongman guy that is local here. He kind of coaches me up and stuff. But I've always been strong in nature, and it's been something for me to that's hard to let go. Uh, in our, our our industry, cardio is pit pushed hard, which it should be. But uh, it's over, often, often overlooked that you do get cardio when you're pushing weight around too. So I was always told to stop dropping or stop the big weights. Uh, I had a hard time. That's just what I'm good at. And you got to be good at something. So I found this and, you know, chief, all of a sudden people stopped telling me to stop pushing heavy weight. It was like, Hey, yeah, go get stronger. So it was pretty, pretty cool that way. Um, but then it did put on a lot of pressure. Like, Hey, you really need to get stronger. <laughs> but, uh, I started training for that. Um, we actually had the competition this past weekend and this is the first sport that I've ever done individual. I've always been part of team sports and it was anxiety driven very very anxiety driven i was very excited uh first competition so i was pretty nervous um when i got there there was about 130 firefighters from around the world that i was competing with and um i wasn't the biggest so that was very humbling i was a Basically, I thought I was a small fry, which has been a long time since I felt like that. 
Um, but yeah, we did uh, four events on the first Friday, and I ended up placing uh, number ninth out of the one thirty. And the top twelve of those performers got to go on to the second day. So that was the goal: is to get to the second day, which I felt very accomplished. Um, and then the second day came around, and there were a couple of people that got some freebies. So there were eighteen total competitors on the second day, and uh, I ranked number fourteen at the end of it. So officially, the fourteenth strongest firefighter in the world. Wow! So once again, uh, five months of five months of training. Uh, never done this style of competition before. Hadn't really competed probably. You know, since college, right, or going to ASU at the time, uh, I had to get this job here, Chief. Well, yeah, I, I won't. I, yeah, okay. So <laughs> let me qualify that competition to get hired as a firefighter, but still, like at that level, you weren't competing against everybody in the world. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was certainly different. It took a. It, go leading up to it, it was pretty easy to train. Like, oh, I just lift heavy weights and eat food. This is, this is my gig. But uh, coming down to discipline and and keeping everything together toward the end was a, a pretty tight thing that now I feel like I got experience with that I could keep going. So we're going to go next year, too. Yeah, but just once again, man, and, and I'm, a, I'm a numbers <laughs> guy, right? So 130 firefighters, you're number 14 out of that hunt. So you're in the top 10% of every firefighter worldwide that competed in that in that event, your first time out of the shoot. Yes, sir. That is phenomenal, man. That is, that is a really <laughs> cool you. accomplishment. Thank you. Yeah, I, I still got thirteen places to go. Oh, I, I got you, but, but <laughs> not, not bad for your first kind of like, I don't know. It, it's kind of crazy. I'm guessing that percentage wise, there's not too many folks that decide just one day they're going to walk on and, and become an ASU football player. I'm, I'm just saying, like that. That's probably a pretty significant accomplishment as well. Yeah, I'm never taking the easy route, Chief. I can't remember one time. The easiest thing I've done is convince my wife to love me. Well, that, that, I think every every man that's married or, or has a girlfriend or anything else that that's a significant thing in itself. Right? It's pretty hard, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you've talked about some really cool things that you've done. They're very unique. Ask everybody that interview. So beyond the unique things you've already talked about, right? Which are which are phenomenal. What's one unique thing that that no one that you work with, other than your family, right, would would probably know about you? Um. You know, I, I double sported at ASU. I uh, I played rugby along with football for one year. Which year was that? That was two thousand and ten. So I'm sorry. So so your freshman year there, you're a walk on. So where where in like the the time of playing was that? So I I played sophomore, junior, and senior year. Um, sophomore year, we got a new offense coordinator, football wise, and my role in the team dropped drastically. Um. To be honest, I just needed a ball in my hand, so I went and played rugby too. Wow! So, so back to back. I mean, to put that in comparison, back to back years. So you're a walk on your first year, playing football, doing everything with that. You're a student. You're working right because you're a walk on. Then, like because then you got your scholarship, you figured out, and you add add a little bit more onto my plate. Was that that kind of how <laughs> process? It, it didn't come like that. It just <laughs> yeah, you know, endless energy when you're twenty, twenty one years old. Very so. cool. Yeah. Well, and like I said, man, there's a pretty big age gap between me and you. You'll, as you get older, you'll start to slow down a little bit. But yeah, I believe it. I, I think, though, the mindset, man, and the skill set that you built, I mean, obviously the competition you just got back from, once again, it it, it just kind of blows me away. Five months of preparing, you know, for 
the first time you've ever competed and you're in the in the top 10% of, of all the athletes that competed that that's pretty pretty amazing I appreciate that chief anything else that you want to cover before we wrap up the the podcast today um, is there anything else you need me to cover no man <laughs> I, I, I think that that's awesome An awesome story I mean going all the way back to once again kind of growing up and and your family and just how humble you guys all are it, it, it's a pretty cool pretty cool story itself thanks chief I let my dad know you say so yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, give him a hug for me because I know you guys are huggers a little yeah, bit, right? Yeah, we are. We yeah. are. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thanks for joining me today, man. Thanks, Chief. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us again on AFMA 360. Be safe, and I hope you have a great day.